So when I was a kid, I wanted to be a movie director when I grew up, but now I'm a architect. Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. My guest today is Dixon Liu. Dixon is associate partner at MAD Architects' Los Angeles office. This is Dixon's second stint with MAD, having acted as head of operations for their Beijing office from 2008 to 2011. Dixon helped to conceptualize and organize the firm's installation in partnership with Olafur Eliasson for Feelings Are Facts at UCCA. Since returning to MAD in 2014, Dixon has managed the firm's first U.S. project, a commission for mixed-use complex with luxury condominiums in Beverly Hills called Garden House. He is the Los Angeles office's leader, managing operations, projects, and overall strategy. Without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Dixon. Hi. It's really great to be here. Thank you. I'm honored to have you. And I first came across your work here in LA as I was just driving around and I saw this really cool, futuristic, natural looking building that had all these plants around this, you know, around this wall. And as I came to learn later, it's the largest living wall in the United States because, you know, it's it's filled with these plants. So I was right away captured by Garden House and I was fortunate to pass by every day and see its construction as it was going up and see the beautiful building it's turned into. So real quick, I'd like to start by having you describe Garden House for people who may not yet be familiar with it or haven't yet seen a photo. So the Garden House actually locates in the flat side of the Beverly Hills. It's on Wilshire and it's more like towards the east end of the Beverly Hills. So it's kind of like east entrance of the, Be the Beverly Hills. When we first came to LA, we, it really left a great impression on us is the Hollywood Hills, which is in the backdrop of the project. And then we are also uh, very excited about, you know, to building kind of like a new type of condominium in Los Angeles. Because, you know, we're driving around, we see a lot of new built condominiums. We feel like it lacking the identity for Los Angeles. So, so what's the identity for Los, the Los Angeles to us is always, you know, the Hollywood Hills in a backdrop, and also in Beverly Hills, that when you drive around to see those big mansions, that they always have green hedge, and then you see the peak of the roof in the back. So how to do that? So we try to put these two items together, and that's how we came out with this idea. So that's why we built our own green hills first, and then we put in a house on the top. That's what you see on Hollywood Hills, right? You see beautiful green hills, and you see in a house stacking on top of each other. And then when you walk close by to the building, to our building, you will see that it really feels like you have a beautiful green hedge, then you have a peak of the roof on the top. So this is the main idea right behind the whole concept. I encourage anyone who hasn't seen photos to check it out. That is a great description though. And as I was reading up on it, I realized there are three different kinds of residences within Garden House. And I wanna make sure I get these right. So there's the Garden Flat Collection, there's the Row House Collection, and there's the Sky Villa Collection. Can you tell me a little bit about the different kinds of residences within Garden House? Sure, so in that part is also, we try to give you know our 
developer uh, three different products that they can sell in one condo project, right? So we started with the row house. The row house is was it's not facing Wilshire, it's facing the back of the project, which actually that's very typical LA, right? You have a single family housing neighborhood and then just one block away you enter the urban scale which is a wheelchair right so that's why when we design a project we really want to respect the neighbors right behind us so that's why we designed three row houses all three floor tall have traditional peach roof but have very contemporary you know skin attached to it so in that case the scale wise this is really speaking to this you know single family homes that's just you know a block away from us and then then we're moving into the garden flats. The garden flats is really on the second and the third floor of the project. They're all single floor and with the, I think they're all three bedrooms, but they all have one great feature that they're facing, the, the view towards inside is all the, uh, the gardens that we put inside the garden house. Because you know, like when we go to those big mansions in Beverly Hills, they always have a green hedge roof, but they all have a secret garden in the back. And then the secret garden is only can be used and then accessed by the people who live there. So that's the same case for the garden houses. Well, those garden flats have access to those secret gardens, both visually and physically. And then the top on the top, that's the Sky Villa. Sky Villa is really you're putting a single family home on the top of a condo project. So they have a feature of side yard, front yard, backyard, double high seating space you know, and plenty of daylights, all the features you're thinking about that a single family home ha has, we put that on the top of this project as well. So they only have five of those called the Sky Villas. This is clearly a very unique project. And to speak to the Sky Villas, it's almost, it reminds me of like a shark when you see the fin sticking out of a shark. It reminds me a little of that because when you're passing by, it, you have exactly what you're saying. You have these, you know, traditional like single family homes on top of a condo building. And it's really a sight to behold. And so speaking to the nature of how unique this project is, and I know I've gotten a chance to see some of your firm's other pieces and everything I see truly feels like one of one. It really doesn't feel like I've seen anything like that before. So I'm curious, when you're working on a unique project like this, what are some of the unique construction and design challenges that go into you know, a structure like this, especially creating like the largest living wall in America? Um every project has its own challenges right and this one to us is really to finding the right language for beverly hills you know so when we first brought this project to beverly hills they were a little bit shocked with this kind of brand new ideas but once we start to you know dive into explain to them the project they really really think they really re noticed that the deep connections of the project to the Beverly Hills. They, they were even saying like, why we need an outsider means, you know, us like a new Angelinos coming in to tell us what great city we live in, right? So, so, so that's one part is to really to let people know that what we design for you is not a foreign object. It's we really taking the elements from your city and then we just give you our own in interpretation of that. So that's one challenges we have to facing. So for the living wall parts, it's also when we first designed it, and then we also facing the challenges of the drought in, in California, right? So that's one of the challenges we also need to tell them that, you know, we're not building a living wall for the sake of living wall. We're building a li living wall really fits the California's weather. So which means we use a lot of native plants, a lot of ferns. And then, so, so that's why 
the living wall, if you drop it now, you'll see that it's very low maintenance, but in the same time that it grows so well because it's from the climate here. And so it's native. So that's why, and also to us is make the building very, very unique and make the building becoming a California object, not a, just a building can be anywhere else in the world. So are you going to nurseries or you, you team up with a landscaping architect to figure out how to make it, you know, such that you're incorporating native plants, but also that it's sustainable, right? Is that right? Yes. So, so we team up with a, like uh, our executive architects, Guru and Associates, who has been in the neighborhood for a long time and who, you know, served LA for, for many, many years as well. So they know uh, the city very well. They know what my work for the climate as well, but particularly for the living wall, we're working with a, a, a called the landscape green wall, like a specialist. Um, it's called season architect, a uh, season, land, season landscape. So he is really coming up with a lot of different ideas of the plants and then putting them into our big graphic that we designed for the building. And then we see how it works. And the great things about this is he really, cause we wanted the building changes all seasons. So he managed to finding the plants that changes all different seasons. So if you do, you go there now, there's a small flowers on it. And then sometimes there's no flowers. Sometimes the change leaves you to red. So this kind of like ever change. It's almost like a public art that you drive by that you would, what you see. That's beautiful. I didn't realize that. That's so cool to know that I can check it out in the summer and it'll look different than in the spring or the fall. That's that's really cool. And as somebody who's lived in Beverly Hills growing up, I, I applaud you for managing to get to the city and, and persuade them that, hey, check out this new thing. And this is actually unique to you. It's it's paying homage to your heritage and your city, because that can be very hard to do with a bureaucratic city like Beverly Hills, or to be honest, any American city has their own bureaucracy. And that, and I think navigating that challenge is is in and of itself a great feat. And I, I mean, I'm just curious, like what direction would you like to see architecture going into, especially in L.A.? Because it feels like you're really making a statement with this project. And, and also, if you go downtown, the Lucas Museum of Narrative Arts that your firm is also working on also is going to be a sight to behold. And it feels like though they're separate projects, it seems like there are some unifying themes between your work. And I'm curious if you could speak to that. So the the unified theme among all our works, you know, so first of all, we work in a lot of different scales, right? We don't, we're working on this 16 or 18 units condo project. And we're working on also a, a, a large, you know, you know, museum projects as well. So, um, so to us, the main theme among all our work is there's a ancient Chinese philosophy called um, Shan Shui City. So Shan means mountain, Shui means water. And then it's really trying to find a right balance in between the nature and a modern um, urbanism in this case. So we criticize a lot in terms of, you know, it's, especially in China nowadays, a lot of urbanized cities, they are just building concrete forest and then the human scale and the human is part of nature is missing in this whole element. So our, as architect, how we can bring this kind of feeling back into the modern world is kind of like our challenges. And also that's kind of the main, the main thing among all our work. So this is kind of like the main philosophy philosophies behind our work. I love how you've incorporated nature into your projects and that, that balance of integrating nature in an urban setting. I think it's very cool. I'm curious, because I, I can tell from the outside how you've incorporated nature into Garden House. And I know you just mentioned you have a secret garden within it. In terms of people who are living at Garden House, could you talk about maybe a 
design principle that um, that is a specific example of how you've taken nature and turned it into uh, something that you know blends into the home, whether that's how you've incorporated sunlight or anything else. I'm very curious to hear what it's like for somebody who actually might be living at that kind of property. So for the nature, the first of the nature to us is not only, you know, a lake or a tree or, you know, forest. That's part of the nature, but the, the, the nature a lot of times is a void space. If you go to a space that you can have a conversation with the sky, and then that's kind of like to us it's very spiritual that's also part of the nature as well right so so in garden house when you enter the building on the ground level that we plant in in the in the in the deep deep part of the whole building the center of the whole building on the ground floor it used to be the darkest place of the whole building we open a hole so that hole is bringing the sky and the light into this deepest part of the building so to us that's part of the nature that everybody walk by you have a connection to the sky and you also have a peak of those sky villas right above you as well and then we put up a, a body of water just a reflection pool on the um in there too so the sky is in the water and then the water brings the sky down to us in the light as well and now of course post-covid it brings a lot of fresh air into you know those not uh, normally enclosed in, in space for the lobby area and then back to um, uh, the units on the top. So to us, the nature, like, you know, build, the building a single family home, also one element is, you know, when we grown up, if you live in a house, you always have a tree in your backyard as well, right? So we managed to put a lot of large, fully grown trees on the rooftop of, of, of the building. So which means all those houses all have a view in their, in their yard of the tree being there. So to us, that's kind of like the complete image of a home where you have a peak roof, you have a front yard, backyard, you have a tree there. So we think it's kind of like the key elements of the house, of the home. I wish I had the money to move in and, and get a place there. You make it sound so appealing and so enticing. It's, it's incredible. And I'm curious, you know, going across town to downtown, how are you, how are you planning to integrate nature into the Lucas Museum? Because I went to USC. And oh, so yeah. USC, you're yes, right across the street. And uh, yeah, it, it can be uh, it can be tricky to incorporate nature into downtown LA. So I'm very curious how you intend to take some of that same spirit and put it into a different project, a museum, but nonetheless still in Los Angeles or the greater LA area, and incorporating those design principles into a museum. I won't I won't dig that much into the Lucas Museum at this point, um, but I can. Talk about other mu the mu the museum projects we did, right? So to us, sure, it's yeah. really about, you know, there's some museums we did in China, and then it's really about there's one museum particularly is called uh, Erdos mu uh, Museum, which we built like 10 years ago. It's in the mm -hmm. Inner Mongolia in China. It's like a desert land, and there's nothing there. So we bring in almost like a a foreign objects into that to create our own environments there. And then that's kind of like the project very opposite of the garden house because garden house, you have your surroundings, you have your, your, your communities around you. But when we designed the Erdos Museum, there's nothing around you. So that's how you create your own environment by bringing this like a dawn of, of art into this desert land. So that was the, the main scene that we did. So it's really bringing this kind of surreal feeling into a surreal 
environment at, um, at that time. So the building itself really attracts a lot of people just go there to see the building. And of course they have, you know, collections of the Silk Road as well. When you're designing, it sounds like a lot of these concepts are somewhat futuristic. And especially when I look at photos, they look very cool and pretty futuristic. Do you ever, do you ever like, you know, take it too far and then have to bring it back? Like, I'm curious where you find the balance of, of kind of like the art and the practicality of your designs. I think as an architect, that's an interesting push and pull. And I'm curious how that process looks like for you. So for our building, it might look very, uh, very futuristic, very contemporary, but then we always give a very, very um, practical um, um, program or layout within the building. Because to us, um, the usage of the building is really, really important. It's not just so you're building a sculpture. It's a different story. You're building a sculpture or an architecture. Like the architecture, people will be wowed by the look, but in the same time, they have to enter the building to use it too. So, so you know, for residential, we're really thinking about you know every unit layout. You know, in in the end of the day, the developer wants to sell the building, right? So that's not about you know, it's not about how wonderful looks as a public art, right? It's also about how much money they can make through that, right? And then for mu for museum as well, really about the visitors' experience. When they see the building, when they walk through the lobby, when they go into the exhibition hall and that kind of things, it's really a design of an experience. So that's kind of like the you know the things we do. It's um so prep the 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 created a journey and also to to cater and experience is always our goal and also that requires a lot of studies of those plans layouts and the programs as well so again we're not just making a sculpture we're making a building for people to be able to use so this is always our balance we have to find yeah yeah definitely and i i'm curious when you're figuring out this balance when you're brainstorming if i were to shadow you in your office what does it look like like do you have a bunch of photos for inspiration on a board or or what are some of the things that, that you look to or have around you as you're thinking of the design, you know? So it's always been a teamwork in this office, right? So my partner, Ma, he, we, we always, you know, explain to him, or we go to a site with him, we feel the site, we study the site, we learn the history of the site as well. That's kind of like the base we do. And then from there, and then Ma and the team, we are brainstorming different ideas. Some of them could be through a mood board of, like we build our own mood, the, the mood board as well. Sometimes it could be a lot of land art images because we love land art. You know, it's a large scale, but in the same time, create a very strong, you know, image and the feelings. And then in the same time, we have a lot of like a nature images as well of, you know, so we pick him inspiration a lot of time from art and also from, you know, the nature, the nature as well, and then combined with the existing sites condition and also, you know, the challenges we might facing, that's how we, you know, put together the ideas. But, you know, you might only see one outcome of the building, but throughout the process, I would say like Garden House will probably have, you know, 10, 15 different schemes that before we nail down to this. And even you nail down to that scheme, there's also more studies about how you rotate the house on the top, how you, you know, so it's it's a really a long process. That's how you see the final outcome. So it's a it's a team effort. Your process reminds me a little bit of I just saw a graphic designer who makes covers for books and uh -huh. seeing the different covers for books that didn't make it, and you see why you know they decided for whatever reason not to do it. And so it's interesting to hear you say there are like fifteen other versions potentially of Garden House that that you toyed with and tinkered until you got to the final 
uh, final product that we see now. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's a fun process for us as well. And then it's also fun for us to dig back to see what you did during the process and what that final outcome as well. And it's a, it's a, it's a very good learning process for us that you look back, you say like, you know, what, what, what can we, what can we do better in the next time by, by going through that process? This is excellent. Thank you so much, Dixon. I mean, I, I've, I'm fascinated by your work, especially garden house. I think you've done a great service with it. And even though I, I don't know if I'll ever have the opportunity to live in it, just even passing by and getting to enjoy the view and the, the living wall and seeing it transform throughout the year is a real treat. So on that, on that happy note, we'll wind down with a few rapid fire questions. Firstly, What's an app that you cannot live without? Any app on your phone? WeChat. I know Trump tried to close down that app, but that's, a, <laughs> that's really an app I connect with my work, with my office. Yeah, so that's an app I connect with my family as well. So. Awesome. And if there was a movie to ma be made about your life, who would you like to play you in a movie about your life? If not to compare that the race in terms I'm Asian, but I want to, you know, if it has... It doesn't need to be an agent. I will like James Franco. I know he has a lot of problems right now, but you know, I still like him. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one skill or ability, what would it be? Dance. I want to be a modern dancer as well. Oh, wow. Cool. Where's a place you haven't been to yet that you hope to visit? Uh, I want to go to the Morocco because to me, it's uh, very foreign to me. And uh, it's, uh, it's just, uh, and also many places there has great deep, in terms of art as well. So we, I want to go there. What's a song that you like to jam to right now? Oh, I haven't listened to music for a long time, but there's one band I really love from Denmark. I used to went to school in Denmark. It's called Trent Muller. So that's kind of like the band I always put on in my car if I want to jam about. Is there one song in particular you like? Because we, we make a Spotify playlist where we include our guest song recommendations. So if there's one song you like from them that you want us to include, what would it be? I don't even remember the name, but just pick, you know, the one most popular song from them. That's, that'll that, be okay with me. Excellent. And lastly, where can people follow you on social media and check out your work? So my office is uh, in the Instagram account and Twitter account as well and the Facebook too. So that's what would be the best way to see our work. And also, of course, our website as well. Excellent. And if anyone's curious about the podcast, you can check us out on Instagram at HDYDpod. Dixon, thank you again. This was super informative and as someone who enjoys architecture just as an amateur, it's always a real treat to be able to talk to a professional. So thank you. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me.